Hey, hey, Jordan, what's up? Hey, what's up? Um, I don't know. I got a little. How do you feel about that meeting we just had with the interns? Because I went in there with a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and I feel like they didn't really take it that well when I told them that um, in their new compensation program is going to involve me giving them some of the AMC stock that I purchased with our our petty cash. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be thrilled about this, but did you? They seemed kind of like wooden. Did what did you think about that? Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised by their reaction. Um, you think being part of something bigger than themselves would make them happy? It's kind of like the the liberal credo. But uh, I've got uh, a few hundred Dogecoin uh, that I can also kind of okay. We can send maybe sweeten those the pot. out. That's got to be worth something. I think I haven't checked the price. Yeah, and look, hey, that that AMC stock that's gone down quite a lot since I bought so much of it. But it's gonna go back up, right? Surely that's gonna. Ba- I mean, it's a movie yeah. theater chain. We get the vaccine going. People are gonna be going to the yeah. movies again. That's gonna that's gonna go to the moon. They should be I thrilled so. with that. Yeah, but these kind of millennial attitude, yeah. I guess sometimes they don't really appreciate. Yeah, kind of financial decisions that I'm you know, I'm familiar mm-hmm. with. I'm sure they'll get there. Oh, sh- there's Liv. Oh, uh, Liv just showed up. Nice. Liv, can you want you want to come in here? Yep. Oh, oh, here it is. Oh my God. Sorry. My, yeah. my fucking handler. He's such an idiot. He, he gave oh. me the wrong office number. You know, oh, you'd, you'd think that, you know, after all of this, you know, the cold war that, that, that like the CIA would, would really get their fucking shit together, that they'd know how to oh. deal with basic shit like this. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, but it's, yeah. that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad to, you know, manufacture some consent on here though. This is good. Um, nice. yeah, this should be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you normally like, because I know you kind of, the character you do on Twitch is kind of like, mm. you know, subversive, leftist. You're kind of like, you know, hinting at things about capitalism and stuff you don't like. Yeah. It. Like, does it take you a few minutes to get into that character from where yeah, you are now? Yeah. Or? I gotta, I gotta just like, I, I gotta look at my, my good friend Elon's Twitter page for a couple minutes and just be like, I hate, I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. And to yeah. just get all of it out, you know, all of the love and compassion I have for him and everything he represents out of my system. So I might mm-hmm. have to just, if if you don't mind, like just if yeah, you know, right before we saw you, just get in the get in the corner and just pull my yeah, phone. Do, if that's do okay. whatever you need to do. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope the I, I heard you guys were uh, getting in on on Dogecoin, which is something. Yeah, you know, that's that's right. I think so. Yeah, my that's that's good to hear. That's good to hear. We're we're we'll, we're gonna we're gonna trick all the kids into thinking it's Praxis, oh, and then oh, and then good, and then dump good, when it's good. high. You know, it's a oh, good that's sort great. of. Yeah, no, he, Elon's so smart about this type of thing. Yeah, yeah he, gives, he just gets it. It's nice. Hey, you're over. If you're over at Langley, though, do you ever run into Ken Klippenstein? He's a buddy of ours. I think he works over there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's. Um, he's he's sort of a part of the 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 marketing team, so to speak, that I work under, oh, which right. is all about sort of nice. left Twitter and infiltration. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he's really he's good at it. He he's good at what he does. That's great. Very, That's yeah, great. we got to yeah, yeah, yeah. begrudgingly give it up to him on that. I mean, he mm-hmm. does. Yeah, yeah. We don't particularly yeah. like the guy, but he's good <laughs> at know, what he does, and you got to give exactly. it up to him. You know, you got to uh, you got to come together with these sort of class interest things. You, mm-hmm. you set aside your differences when 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 your interests collide, as us mm-hmm. capitalists know. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, I'm glad we're all on the same page about this. So once you're into character, we're going to get going with the okay. recording. And the main all thing right. we're trying to do 
is uh, convince our mostly younger audience of like you know gamers and and you know young zoomers and everything that um, it would be super epic to get a fourteen hundred dollar check, man. <laughs> that kind of a okay. thing. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's I think that's can... been a big. Uh, uh, there's been a big shift, of course, in, in start of like January. You know, we really gotta hit the ground running with the. Oh yeah. The the Biden is super awesome, and and um, if you criticize him, it's sort of problematic towards trans yeah. people. That's exactly so what we're going to stick. We don't even need to tell you. You're already familiar with yeah. this. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. you, get, yeah. you got the no, talking I'm, points. Nice. Joining us now is is Liv Posting, a.k.a. Lib Posting. Uh, thank you, Liv, for joining us. We, we start out all of these uh, interviews the same way. Um, Calling we, your, we play hardball here. What's right, that? Calling your guest a liberal is That's sort right. of mm-hmm. yeah insulting. It's yeah. Kind of, it's you want to establish Negative. dominance with the guest. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're yeah, really big into pickup artist techniques. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we I like see. to play hardball here, and the first question is always probably the toughest. And mm. has you know, there's the highest stakes. So, live. Yes. Are you a gamer? <sighs> <laughs> that's a tough question to, that's a tough yeah. question to answer because you know mm-hmm. damned if you do damned if you don't sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah there's there's many people that really that really want a yes in this question that's mm-hmm. going to jeopardize the nose and vice yeah. versa <laughs> so i'm going to i'm going to give a uh, a uh, uh, tentative yes tentative yeah. yes okay Got yes it. i think that'll I, okay. I think yeah my my publicist who runs everything. Says She's that, signaling you right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I get the no. best points on a combination of, of people with popularity. Yeah, popularity they did some polling on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are, you, are you playing anything in particular right now? Um, I just got into, like, RL Craft again, which is just a ridiculous Minecraft mod. Okay. Um, where, where it's very, very easy to die. It's sort of like Tarkov Minecraft. Okay. In so far as it's just misery and death and suffering, but that's the fun in it, sort of. Okay, I see. Yeah, I like pain. You know, no, 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 no joy, just death and <laughs> sure not having fun. You know, it's classic gamer stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah. If you're really happy, then you can't really identify as a as a true gamer. That's that's definitely true. Yeah, I remember yeah. one of like the on 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 stream like one of the most controversial positions that I've held insofar as like reactions from my viewers is that in a socialist society there wouldn't be online gaming. Ooh, oh, wh- that's why? pretty spicy. It, it's it's it it's potentially not the case but it's likely that like the energy use for online gaming is incredibly large uh. and potentially not sustainable and so you know you gotta gotta go back to tic-tac-toe i guess shit sorry we might gamers. need to rethink some of this stuff <laughs> i didn't i didn't hear about this yes yeah so oh my goodness um, think about that next time you know you log on <laughs> World of Warcraft or whatever the kids are playing these days. Yeah, go to a raid. Well, well, in that case, I mean, I I think we could just you know enrich our our solar power and our wind power energies, and we have solar powered gaming. That's it. Everyone just kind of like yeah. puts a big block outside, and I'm pretty sure that's fine. Yeah, problem okay, solved. Yeah, <laughs> just want to spur innovation here. 
Yeah, you just gotta you gotta play on a, a day that's that's sunny. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The classic own to AOC's uh, Green New Deal is like, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to get some energy here, and there's there's it's no sun. Clouds. Yeah. Yeah. What the? How's that gonna work? Uh, yeah, AOC, I I, you dumb woman. I forgot that that batteries exist. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, you were saying spur innovation. It just reminded me of that that horrific nightmare story that came out yesterday about how in Nevada they're like close oh. to granting granting tech companies like the ability to just form alternate governments in in so called innovation zones. I love it. Yeah, and Amazing. I was just like, oh my god, that is the most dystopian thing I've it's ever terrifying. heard in my fucking life. Yeah, <laughs> they could have phrased it a different way at least. Like, you get what that looks like. You know, yeah. make some weird terminology for it that isn't just like giving them their own government. Yeah, don't exactly. don't scare the proles too much. No, I've been thinking yeah, a lot lately about how the the whole like Prop Twenty Two thing and how the whole like, gig economy technocratic dystopia is basically going to go worldwide throughout this decade. Yeah, and that's so like the end result of that. Like that's mm. <laughs> you know, we're all going to yeah. be hanging out in like the Jeff Bezos uh, Eastern Seaboard Innovation Zone. Dome oh yeah, city. definitely. It's it's <laughs> just the the city in cyberpunk, basically. Yeah, just yeah. techno feudalism. People it. are going to love it. Like they're going like at that proposal and per, more proposals like it, if that becomes commonplace, or if someone like Elon Musk proposed it, like people will yeah, be epic. generally oh, yeah. love it because they think that like. And I get, I get, I understand the inclination, and also people are just stupid, and that's something politicians really can't say. But there's yeah. a general distrust in institutions in our government that people, th- and that's kind of part of the appeal of Trump. That like, oh, here's a business guy from outside. Well, this guy is like not as overtly racist as Trump, not as sloven or or bumbling as Trump, and he's way more uh, capable, at least by all appearances. And he's got a huge fan base uh, across yeah. the board. Even like you know, general apolitical professional people really love him. Mm-hmm. If he were to propose something like that, people would lose their minds. And yeah. it's just it it spells disaster because I think you guys are right on. This is going to be kind of the trend. You're going to see extremely wealthy and powerful people propose this as some sort of like better way, but in actuality, it's just so they have more and more control. Uh, and that's that's really chilling to think about. Yeah, it's sort of like the the new way capitalism re-territorializes um, is just like basically feudalism where you're like sort of tied to the land or sort of tied to some sort of mechanism of production that is tied to a company and yeah. you owe your life to that company. Yeah, it's... it's yeah. And it's you never really future. venture out of that like specific geographical region that's related to that company yeah. or that individual for basically your whole life I mean, yeah. isn't that when andrew yang pro- like kind of proposed or he had like he proposed indentured servitude effectively <laughs> i, I think it was yang cool. does this relate to his like new york mayoral run which has been going great i think <laughs> yeah I think this was when he was running for president, but he was basically like, uh, yeah, we could have income sharing agreements between like uh, young upstart workers and companies. And it was basically just indentured servitude. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they just find a new way to to do slavery, I guess. Yeah. Just read well, so yeah, Instead of UBI, it's like a UBI, but in like company script, basically. Script. Yeah, you can yeah. spend it at the, oh, at the Amazon store exclusively. Yeah. 
I feel cool. like, so, sorry to bother you uh, is going to become like a more and more increasingly prescient uh, <laughs> movie. It's just the working conditions. And I don't know if you, either of you have seen it. Um, no. Or, but if people are unfamiliar, Boots Riley had this movie that kind of satirized call centers um, and mm-hmm. hourly work. And then that spun out of control and the plot became about unionization. And then ultimately it was just like a, a really strong salient critique of uh, over like overbearing corporations. It kind of modeled Amazon, but basically like you live and work <laughs> at the same place. And it was like mm. hyped up in these like really flashy TV ads. And everyone was like having a great time. They made a reality show about how fun it is to live at your office in these like bunks <laughs> with other worker <laughs> workers and couples. And it was like really cool. And yeah, this is so coming within the yeah, next and, like, decade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, absolutely. It, on the, but on the programming in the TV, like that they would like frequently cut to uh, in the movie was, were, there was like other shows about people who were like extremely desperate and really needed money to survive. And the show was basically just about like how degrading of a, of a task or whatever would, would you do on TV uh, to, to get this money or to, to make your pitch to the audience. And it was like, it became like this fetish for viewers and producers where people in dire straits, they would just like kick him in the nuts or, or like douse him in like fish guts or whatever, because they were just so desperate to get the word out about things. And like that, I think we're, we're trend, we're trending there. Like shows like The Wall, where people come in, they're like, I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt because of medical bills. And then just like, okay, let's see if this ball bounces in the right slot. And maybe you might be able to pay some of it. It's just like, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like it's even worse than the the Running Man vision of society. It's somehow even more degrading and terrible and dystopian than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's basically like the modern equivalent of like gladiatorial fights or like gladiator fights in Rome, where mm-hmm. it's like you just watch like a a peasant try to fight for their life, and yeah. you, know, you clap God. and cheer. Except it's less crude, I guess, than literally fighting to the death. But you know what? Maybe we'll get back to that. When, when we go back to feudalism fully, but it's just like companies have their yeah. little like, then we'll just, you know, uh, why not? Why not just do gladiatorial stuff? Yeah. You sign yeah. up, you get your family gets like a 50% relief of like your, uh, you know, debt, credit card debt that you've accumulated. Yeah. It's all Who's... consenting adults. Yeah. There's, What's it's not the free to like? market. Yeah. And you're making a tidy little profit in the pay-per-view sector as well. So it's like you got a number of, <laughs> a bunch of people getting in on that action. Yeah, yeah, it's everyone wins really, except the people who are who are murdered. Yeah, you know, yeah. but you know they consented, they signed up. Exactly. That's, yeah, they shouldn't have. You know, you if you didn't want to be uh, murdered live on TV in a gladiatorial ring that uh, you signed up for, you shouldn't have been hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Shouldn't to have survived. took that student debt. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think about that first? <laughs> Should have known. I mean, we're kind of almost there. I mean, we have shows like that. Uh, whether like like knockout or wipeout or whatever those things are called where you're yeah. doing these really bizarre stunts there's kind of a cartoonish veneer uh but then like the american gladiators i think was coming back which oh yeah i'd be lying if i said i wasn't like interested for nostalgia reasons but if you think about it <laughs> right. it's kind of like you have these supernatural looking people who are just completely roided up just beating the shit out of contestants yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like sure there's padding but like 
the barbarism inherent in these competitions, I think, is going to continue to feed that sentiment among people mm. where you're going to want more and more. And then it's going to become close to like UFC. And then you're just going to be like beating people bare knuckle who just want to pay for like insulin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, the future is bright, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's a funny thing too. Is when it gets to like the the whole like technocracy, the Prop Twenty Two shit, that's what I feel like is almost like a best case scenario for, for America, right. because that's kind of the Democrat vision, right? It's like it's not like that's the that's the evil libertarian Republican vision, and then the Democrats are offering something brighter. Like no, that's their vision. Like the there's a huge amount of crossover between the Democratic Party and these tech companies, uh, mm. you know, Obama alums and the people that have gone into work in in big tech. Um, it's like they're not and in Las Vegas, like where they're proposing that. I believe that's a Democratic governor that's making that mm. proposition in the first place. Yeah. So it's like that's that's one of the best case options, based on much if you're in America for the the future of what you can hope for. Yeah, Prop Twenty Two is like I feel like not enough people were aware or talked about it when like it passed incredibly with like flying colors. It wasn't even close. Like that that's sort of a very clear indication of our future and the influence of corporations in in politics and to like a new degree and yeah. like it's gonna it's gonna kick in very fast and they've like people have explicitly sort of indicated this they're like oh this is the way you do it this is the technique where you don't you treat your workers like spare parts legally speaking yeah um and the amount of money that was poured into ensuring that passed as well just like a ludicrous amount of money they spent to ensure that they got rid of that result yeah like far more than paying their workers <laughs> Yep. You know, like it's more about but the it's a power thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's a long term investment, you know. If you legally own your your workers or whatever, um, you'll make more money in the in the long term. It's thinking ahead. You well, know? and that's the that's the smokescreen of the whole conversation with with Joe Biden and the stimulus right now as well, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we're increasing the, the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, like over this gradual period. But like by the time that kicks in, not only will that not be a living wage for anyone that's lucky enough to have access to a minimum wage, but like many working people, many like young people especially are going to be siphoned off into this like big tech gig economy um, mm. indentured servant thing. And they won't even have access to the minimum wage or the 40 hour work week or any of these meager labor protections that are still around by that point. Yeah. Fight for 15 is, is this really like the history of it is very depressing where like when it began, the minimum wage adjusted for inflation is about where $15 an hour would be right now. So fight for 15 wins by just being attaching like the minimum wage to inflation. Like it's not actually a significant increase. It's not a decrease when it mm -hmm. won or when it's yeah. going to win, I guess. Which if is, it even does, but it doesn't yeah. look like it's going to now. Uh, it looks like the parliamentarian is kind of overruling this this proposal and saying you can't include it in this current bill passing through reconciliation. Cool. Right. Well, so well, better we're not luck next get time, it. I guess. Yeah, maybe we'll get it when it's when we maybe we'll get fifteen when it's two thirds of. In adjusted for inflation the minimum wage when fight for 15 started i think that's progress <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah uh, this is a great this is very optimistic episode this happens every oh this is, a, this is every episode okay, yeah yeah yeah. yeah pretty much what the show is about that's why we try to have a few laughs in the first five ten minutes right no that's right. the serious part. everybody up for when the everything else shit is starts. the jokes 
yeah that's true yeah the, right right that was exactly. a joke the thing i said it was yeah 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 um that that's another thing this week though i mean this like uh, we talked a little bit about this last week but and it's been an ongoing subject of discussion here but how this whole early stages of the joe biden administration is really like a test about who in the democratic party like actually learned anything from the obama years or whether mm. they just want to carry out that exact same playbook i've seen a few signs that at least some people in the party kind of understand that they can't repeat the same mistakes mm. but then like something will happen that it's like oh no they don't as like and as long as it's biden at the helm of it i feel like they're always going to lean towards uh negotiating and and you know finding common ground and trying to, to try to meet this this kind of bipartisan goal i don't know and it's just yeah. that it's just leading to the exact same disastrous result that that uh, Obama ended up having, which was like a, a slow recovery and then getting wiped out politically on all levels. And it, it like, I don't know. So far, it still seems like that's the way they're headed uh, currently. Right. I think I think at least the the one positive difference is that Clinton and the Clintonites have less influence. Yeah. In the in the, the that's true. The cabinet, which is you know, you always you know that's sort of the worst of the worst of potential connections because i know like obama didn't have as much have, have have as much connections when he got in so he used clinton whereas this is it's less the case so there's at least sort of and you know biden is like there's there's a part of like and trump would constantly say this during his campaign is like you know the the biden isn't running the show he's in his basement it's all the communists of the dnc and it's yeah. like it's sort of it's that was sort of one word off of the truth which is obviously yeah, yeah. They're at best like Warren progressives who are yeah, have best gotten scenario. this sort of yeah. who have gotten this sort of like autonomy um, because, you know, Biden isn't really I don't think Biden's doing particularly much. But, you know, the, the, it's it's not much. It's like, you know, the, the best case scenario, if they didn't have to negotiate is still less than ideal. But, you know, yeah. I guess the one on the bright side is that it's slightly better than then it's slightly more to the left at least than the obama admin that's pretty much all we got but you know um yeah. i guess you take it i think it's also just like a product of the times i mean some of the stuff he's doing seems like it's you know to the left of obama but it really is just reversing things that trump did which that's were just true. shitty yeah. you know uh, i think i mean like i've talked about this before i mean i think the great obviously the great thing is that he you know repealed all like the just just identity and gender specific uh discrimination mm -hmm. orders yeah, yeah. from trump like that's just that's just like deliberately malicious and cruel so that's step in the right direction um that's like <laughs> that's great but that's something that obama really was hesitant to do for years was even like yeah. to talk about those issues like they it took them basically not defending doma like not overtly arguing uh, in support of marriage equality in 2013, yeah. but just not defending it at the right. Supreme Court, yeah, which led they kind to of stumbled the, into it, and then even then, mm -hmm. like only after the opinion polls had like gotten to 51 percent exactly, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah and it was yeah, just like, true. and people were like, "Well, Biden supported it, blah blah blah. He was before Obama. Okay, well, what was he doing about it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you could you could talk about it. Uh, I th honestly think what that was for the most part, like. Obama had a personal sympathy like yeah. uh, that like there should be 
legalize gay marriage because you know he's like a social liberal but they didn't want to do it until it was like politically like you know 51 percent, and it wouldn't look bad they wouldn't have to mm-hmm. sacrifice much um if they did it whereas biden was just sort of like senile and didn't think he's like come on man we got to get those yeah. gays in the in the wedding house <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't. It, it wasn't as if he was like better on it. He was just like, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't. Which I guess you know, not thinking tactically is better. But it's 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 more of like in. It's more as if he's more incompetent than if, as if he's better morally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing that's just like a really bad sign, because we talked about some of the stuff that's in this Biden stimulus and like there's we've mentioned before, there's some pretty good stuff in there uh, yeah. for working people in the United States. So far, they have not like like arbitrarily slashed it in half like Obama did with his stimulus at the behest of Larry Summers, who's apparently mm. now encouraging Biden to do something similar. <laughs> um, but the thing with the checks is just so mind-blowing because it's just like that that is becoming because they've so obviously like fucked this up that's taking all the oxygen away from all the other you know positive stuff that they could be focusing on that's part of this like relief package and it's just such an easy thing that they're fucking up and that's what makes me think like well what are they not gonna you know if they can't just do this simple thing that they promised to do Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what else are they going to end up watering down or, or uh, capitulating on? And the, the answer is not really like that encouraging because the thing is now, uh, now that they've already done the, the like used car salesman ass, like, uh, oh yeah, the $600 down payment, uh, $1,400 uh, switcheroo. And now he's <laughs> talking about further limiting who even has access to that. And it's yeah. just like, I don't see what the benefit is of, of negotiating on that in any way or like, or like giving an inch on, on any of that shit. Um, when they've already done this, it's just like, it's purely just uh, shooting yourself in the foot even more. Yeah. And like basically saying that, oh yeah, if you're a nurse in like an urban center who's making 60 grand a year, you don't deserve fucking stimulus. Yeah. You know, it's just like an insult to people. And so it's like, if they're going to do this, I don't see what else they're, what else is going to come down the pipe that they're not going to just like treat, treat similarly. Yeah, that's true. And, and a lot of like the, the stimulus check is also like, uh, sort of optics as well, because you look good if you give people more money because they need it. And it's much easier to understand like, and, and relates like direct cash in someone's account immediately. Um, then like some of the other stuff, which is, you know, admittedly good, that's in the massive, um, like bill they're trying to push. Um, but so like what I, I, why they would push back or why they would cut back specifically on the checks is like not, not simply just giving people less, but also making themselves look bad in the most efficient way possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) There's clearly, you know, it's, there's, you know, Bernie lost, you know, they, they really signaled that. So I guess to some extent we shouldn't be surprised, but you know, you can, you, you can be not surprised and still angry. Yeah. I guess. Well, I'm just, even from just like a cynical political thing, it's just like, yeah. do you want to win in two years or do you not want to regardless of what your politics are? Yeah. And the way, the way they're going about this so far is the way to not, uh, not win and, and to end up getting wiped out in 2022 and 24. Yeah. Yeah, the Democrats are supposed to be the cynical party that that is like you'd think. I mean, I guess like donors is the problem. You think they jump on something like this to like try to win. But I guess no, I guess if we learn anything from the Dems is that that's I guess the opposite of what they're trying to do is win. 
<laughs> I think from a donor perspective, it's the best. They have the best of both worlds right now. Yeah. They have positive PR from performatively uh, pausing donations to Republicans. Um, so they get every all the plaudits that come along with that, and this mm. this appearance of caring about democracy. And then that that basically defangs Democrats in the interim because oh, we could get those donors now. Like you know, that's going to be money going to us instead. So they want to appeal to corporate power and and those financial interests. So that mm. makes them less willing to to tackle these things head on in a progressive. Uh, populist way but then going <laughs> going into midterms they just get pummeled because people are still fucking pissed in dealing with issues that have existed for years and democrats won't address them they like if you're working paycheck to paycheck and you uh are are, are unable to afford a 500 dollars emergency and you are struggling and you have shitty insurance no prospects do you really fucking care about how targeted the aid is or that it's bipartisan like that does not that doesn't fucking matter yeah exactly exactly and democrats like because it's a party mostly and it's just politics in general mostly run by millionaires they don't they don't fucking get it and the people who staff their offices and draft these policies are some of the smuggest fucking people i've ever met even good people who go to work for some of the like the progressive members overnight become like unbelievably intolerable like right. just generally nice people i've seen it in so many times i've i've, yeah. I've, t- I've yeah. known these people for years it's they'll work at an organization they'll be awesome cool collegial fun to talk to the second they go to the hill it is like con <laughs> they're condescending it's oh you're just you're fortunate to even be talking to me right now yeah it's like this Jeez. this aura i any i'm, I'm sure shit. other people yeah. other people who who live in dc and know people who have gone to or from the hill can attest it is night and day they they start talking about oh yeah we voted this way as if they had any fucking influence on a on a on a vote a member of congress cast on the floor it's just like all of a sudden they just their ego consumes them it's something about that institution that just turns people into psychos and that's the people that staff this this entire enterprise and this is the end result it is toothless targeted bipartisan bullshit that opens the door for an onslaught in in, in 2022 yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. The logical conclusion of that is abolish the hill, no more, no yeah. more capital. No well, we more, already no abolished more. ICE. We love Joe Biden now. We're ready to <laughs> abolish the hill. We we're we're learning to love the guy. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you. I, I gave that quote actually to the the piece on Biden. <laughs> that's nice. That's on, cool. On I think that's the great. podcast. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I think uh, the the second we learned to love him was also around the same time. Like they started paying us to consult and do polling. Yeah, and messaging. Crazy, so crazy coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay no but okay one thing that i've been meaning to say for the last couple weeks and i always kind of forget which is that i think there is a reason to be less doomer than uh than you know the thinking that they're just going to follow the exact 20 2008 path um Mm -hmm. because obviously there's a lot of troubling signs but the fact is that it's not 2008 and that there are many people that have been through that and have learned that lesson there are like some somewhat more progressive people like within the democratic party at this point um 
like that's the whole thing that's been funny to me about some of the arguments about the about like the progressive members of Congress recently, and people saying how they're not good enough and they're not getting the stuff done. It's like yeah, I feel like people were not paying. If you were paying attention to this shit ten years ago, and you were progressive and looking for representation in the in the Democratic Party, you had like Alan Grayson, and like that, <laughs> right. and that was the end. Remember Alan Grayson? Classic. I, I'm I'm too young, <laughs> but I. Jordan, were you, an, were you an Alan Grayson guy? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I remember thinking he was really cool him. in 2010. He was, you know, he's really he told those Republicans what what's what. Um, that was around the same time that Anthony Weiner. I really like liked Anthony Weiner at the time too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's so, a, that's such a throwback. That was like well, this is what I'm just indicating how fucking grim it was in 20, yeah, 2010 right. when there is a little bit more of repre- actual representation of people that like understand some of these concerns within the party, um, yeah, and there and also outside of it. And like uh, one one key difference too is is you go back to two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and how much influence Joe Lieberman had over like what the yeah. policy was going to be because it's like oh we got to get joe lieberman on board so we can't do medicare for all we can't do public option we can't do any of that stuff hmm. and now now in 2021 you have joe manchin playing that role mm-hmm. as being like the heel or the spoiler or the one that says like no you can't have that but like i think there's more willingness from people like activists outside the party and people in the party to like directly call that out and i think you saw there was that ad by um Faiz shakir's new think tank Best. or, or yeah. organization that's like deliberate like going after mansion specifically and talking to people in west virginia and like mm. actually putting pressure on him to go out yeah. and defend these things which was not happening whatsoever in 2009 2010 that enterprise just real quick on that so it's called more perfect union so it's faz josh miller lewis who's also from bernie's campaign he'd been in bernie's office for a while they also hired nico pitney from now this who was like a vice president and now this for and a, a buddy of mine so like full disclosure i've known him for a while and worked with him for years like he and he just like understands how things can trend and how you can make stories like national I, that he left now this to go here i think is a testament to his belief in the project um so what they're doing is they're trying to find worker-centric stories to amplify um mm. and build like working class power so they've been with Kim Kelly, who is also awesome, have been doing a ton of reporting and videos on the ground in Bessemer, Alabama, where they are that Amazon factory or the Amazon warehouse is is considering unionizing. They had, I mean, they have a video now that they just put up yesterday on the ground there talking to workers with two million plus views on Twitter. I mean, that's just not something that MSNBC or CNN would ever cover or do. Or get the same type of reach outside of like this worker says this. The spokesperson for Amazon says that would lead to fewer opportunities. Okay, you decide. Like no, like this is actually what what is happening. Yeah. Amazon yeah. is trying to suppress the vote by not letting them vote by mail. Uh, yeah. Like it's Which is like, it, hilarious in retrospect. Yeah. Like after the past yeah. few months and the national conversation we had around it, but now like the same people who fiend outrage over that in the general election are turning a blind eye to it here. Right. So it's, I think, I think it's a cool project. It's a very good summary though of like, you know, the democracy in politics, but not in the economy. That's, I don't care shit about democracy in the economy. Yeah. It's very sort of centrist dem angle. Like Bezos isn't a tyrant for that, but Trump is a tyrant for doing the literal exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess that's just kind of my point though, is that there is more people both inside and outside the Democratic Party who are like aware of this shit and aware of like what what 
them blowing this moment is going to mean um, for the party moving forward mm. and are at least trying to put pressure on, on, on both the administration and the sort of like right wing Democrats um, yeah. and not just letting them get away with being like, uh, Joe Manchin says no. So we have to do a Republican agenda now. Sorry. Yeah. Um, like there's people that are at least trying to hold them accountable um, so to speak, we uh, need to hold that. the Democrats accountable. Yeah. We do. Yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to push them left, but you might be able to do that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's my one, my one small dr- drop of optimism that I have left that this might not be a complete fucking disaster. But yeah. I'm still not totally convinced. I mean, the best. This has historically usually been the case: is the best capitalist reformers are the people who hate capitalism and subsequently understand all of the faults of it. And yeah. sort of like, you know, moved into a coalition with the more reformist cap- wing of capital to like at least make some people's lives better, which doesn't end the company. system, but it at least makes some people's lives better. So I guess you take that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, and ending it would be cool, too. I mean, that's probably yeah, that personally be, what I would support, but yeah, I don't really the, think the, it's on the table anytime no, soon when it comes no, to like the United not. States. It seems like it's yeah. kind of dug in there pretty good still unfortunately yeah i would prefer that we stopped riding the state capitalist death leviathan that kills billions of life forms every yeah. year but you and know it's literally leading us it... off the cliff uh yeah, leading us towards yeah. a climate crisis which may end all of human civilization as well yeah but you know if we may it's like, having it kill slightly less is better than nothing so i'll take it yeah there we go <laughs> see we're just positive now yeah, positive thought too. this just is a slightly less episode. killing yeah, yeah. That's our that's our positive note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, speaking of, you mentioned earlier just the ec- the, the environmental and energy drain from gaming. Uh, mm. To touch on that, but also shift more into the world of finance, uh, which is something I, I, I've been seeing. You are an expert in now. Yes. Uh, there's there's also well. a huge yeah. uh, energy. Oh, you as well. Okay, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. Oh, I, know all I didn't stuff. realize I was with. Uh, Two day traders. Um, the, the the energy drain from cryptocurrency is yeah. also like pretty colossal, and now we're seeing this rise of this absolute shit Dogecoin that like is being peddled by like who is who might be in the next like month uh, the richest uh, person on earth, Elon Musk. Um, he is is peddling this pretty hard every time he tweets about it the price uh, spikes briefly which leads to massive sell-offs by whales so he's just basically fueling this pump and dump uh, and because of the decentralized nature of it there are now suspicions that he might be one of the largest whales in it because it'd be very easy for him to buy in at a huge level and then Mm. just dump dump every time he tweets about it and just kind of manipulates the market to continue getting rich um, but across the board, I mean, this is this is just one of the things that we've been seeing over the past few weeks in the world of finance. Could you give listeners kind of an update from your perspective? Like what what's happening and what, what is the issue at hand from crypto pump and dumps to the short squeezes in the stock market to conversations around regulation or lack thereof and whether or not this is, quote, a revolution or praxis? <laughs> well, I think starting in Elon is interesting because like, uh, you know, of course, he tweeted out about games, GameStop stock, or as he put it, Game Stonk, which is epic meme, oh, Elon. Thank you so yeah. much. It's you relatable cool. to me. Yes, you are very cool. I posted cool. about I that on to. Reddit, got a number of upvotes, so it was very oh, yeah. lucrative for me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
he like uh, with that for instance I know that Melvin Capital who is short in GameStock and I believe is now insolvent as a result of the the meme stock going up was also shorting Tesla so he had a personal <gasps> gripe against them which is a good example <laughs> of like you know and and the the thing you mentioned with Dogecoin it it would absolutely not surprise me if he also had some vested interest in Dogecoin going up for his mm-hmm. personal wealth because like you know he's in a, you know he's doing the epic meme thing but under it is still fundamentally you know he's I, he's like the second richest person in the world he's a a, a ruthless businessman which is mm-hmm. a good sort of explanation of I think a lot of what happened with the GameStop stock increase stuff is like, I mean, there were a couple small investors that I think did pretty well on it. Um, some some of them even making millions. But still fundamentally, you know, it's it's the stock market. Um, I mean, there, I think there were people who were like, this is an epic revolution. But like, few and far between. I don't think anyone seriously was like... Any any serious person was like, yes, we are. We found the way to do an insurgency against against the capitalists, and we have now, you know, we will now go all in on buying a on, bunch of stocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I can give like a brief like That'll overall view if you guys haven't already no, sort sure. of talked about the basics. Um, I'm also, um, of course, a financial expert. I am a, 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 a day trader. Advice. I make, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but uh, basically, what happened was you can short stocks, which means you sell before you buy, essentially, and so um, you have to buy back at a certain point, and you make money if the stock goes down. So, so a lot of um, some some um, bigger uh, firms were. Uh, shorting GameStop and doing it quite a lot, like 120% of the available stock. And so a, a couple relatively smart, like small investors on this um, insane, absurd betting web or betting subreddit called Wall Street Bets, where they worship Jordan Belfort and think that he's cool. <laughs> but like, but they know that it's like they shouldn't, but they do it anyways, sort That's of thing. Funny. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Um uh, but they they found you know they they noticed this and said like oh there's this sort of there's this tendency for GameStop to actually go up a bit so we're gonna do a short squeeze where the stock goes up and then um, the people who are shorting it have to sell or they have to buy a bunch of stock because they already sold it you know they buy it um, and then it goes up even more and then more people have to buy back their stock who are shorting it and then it goes up even more and then you make a shit ton of money which is you know it's a it's just like a a tactic that like investors and firms do to to make money off of other people shorting stuff and so you know it went up very very high it was like you know 40 bucks at the start of december something like that and then it peaked at like 400 i i think it was 469 bucks which is <laughs> oh, you know, nice, nice. Yeah. it's a great thing to peek at <laughs> um so so like it, it which was essentially a pump and dump so at that point all of the the smart investors sort of got out and made like quite a bit of money because that's an insane increase. Um, but but it was sort of it became a thing of like look at how look at how we this stupid little subreddit are owning all of the 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 fat cats, which is ironically like Jordan Belford is also one of those people. But you know it doesn't matter that it's not consistent. Um, <laughs> I don't think they ever wanted to be consistent. Uh, right. But but but. 
it's sort of and and you know when the classic strategy in a pump and dump is that as you're selling you're like no 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 buy it you know look it's we're doing epic praxis against the against all the fat cats um so so that was essentially what happened and and a bunch of firms also made money on GameStop so like one firm made like 700 billion as a result of the short squeeze so you know owned. epic praxis yeah, oh, and yeah. we we fucking showed them. We got we got them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, I and I was clearly like enjoying it quite a lot on the timeline because it was fun. It was like fun yeah, to watch. Fun. Um, and you just know. some rich assholes were losing their money, which is cool. I mean, you can yeah, appreciate that without yeah. thinking it's this big revolutionary uh, <clears throat> vanguard yeah, it, thing. It definitely st- destabilized a section of the market and caused some sort of. Some sort of mini crisis, at least, that like th- there is this foreign actor, and by foreign, it's like you know, not incredibly rich people, but just like usually upper middle class, middle class people um, who actually have the capacity to affect the market in a significant way. And they realized that, and I'm sure, and, and as we saw with like Robinhood stuff, um, um, and how the SEC reacted, like this is clearly not something that is going to be allowed to continue. You know the upper the sort of small investors are not allowed to make a bunch of money that's not allowed um only only the incredibly rich the like really capital owning class are allowed to fuck with the market well just like you were talking about elon musk and it's it's from what you were saying and from other things that he's done over the past couple of like years it is truly incredible how much he's able to like openly manipulate the market with like zero consequence like it is truly kind of remarkable yeah, Tesla yeah. doesn't have a price to earnings ratio because they don't make money. They're negative. They're in the hole. Which yeah, is Yeah, well, and, and just we, we were saying this last week too, but like Tesla was like the original meme stock. Like yeah. a, that's the reason that he's the richest man in the world is because he's turned his stock into a meme, not yeah. because his car company is very successful or that it create, makes this great product, like far from it. Yeah. It's valuable because people perceive it as valuable, which is a great summary of the stock market. Yeah. He, um, yeah. but he, he is also someone who has been alleged of manipulating uh, the market, but he was, you know, kind of basically slapped on the wrist by the SEC for the, oh, I'm going to take Tesla public at 42069 or whatever, mm. and, or SpaceX. I can't remember what, what company he said he was going to do. And th- like that alarmed uh, people. And now, like, you know, never really facing repercussions, but now you've got the guy who, who kind of kicked off this GameStop thing being dragged to, to Congress to testify, and I feel like if anybody's going to get in trouble, it's going to be him. His personal and work associations are going to be scrutinized and investigated. He's going to be kind of the guy who's hung up by the flagpole to make an example, made an example of. And to your mm-hmm. point, it's because small, you know, regular people are not allowed to make this kind of money, or, or, or as they are going to frame it, destabilize the market this is all about market stabilization never once are you going to see you're not going to see any meaningful conversations from regulators from members of congress from finance experts analysts pundits whatever you're not going to see people say hey maybe a hedge fund shouldn't leverage itself to that extent on a short position yeah that's why i mean this was all a response to a hedge fund that put themselves in this position yeah and i've talked about this before but in 2008 when homeowners were were fucked over and and they and and people across the country and and ultimately the world were affected by wall street and hedge funds and all of these investment firms 
bundling toxic assets and selling them as CDOs and mortgage-backed securities and rating agencies knowing that they were garbage, giving them AAA or AA ratings, and people putting uh, and people investing in those with their pensions or retirements, 401ks, whatever. It was a domino effect as this thing started to crumble when people when you know people started to go underwater on their mortgages, and the homeowners were blamed for this. It was their greed. Mm. It was them living beyond their means. Yeah. Not the people who knew what they were they doing. They took the risk. Yeah. Yeah. Not the people who knew what they were doing, bundling these toxic assets that they knew they never should have approved the loans for and selling those to public schools, to uh, yeah. state governments, to companies, and all of these retirement funds, and putting these, putting these in the market as investment vehicles, and then rating agencies lying about their quality. That, that, was never analyzed with the same level of scrutiny as the greedy homeowners living beyond their means. And I think that is what underscores all of this. It's not yeah. a, a, a socialist revolution to do this. And people who, I, I also thought people were kind of just tilting at windmills, trying to defeat this argument and no, no, that no one was really making. Yeah. That's true. And huh. I, I never saw it argued in a serious way. I think it wasn't actually, for the most part, it wasn't socialists, I think, that did it. I think it was the, the Wall Street Bets people who also wanted to be apolitical. You know, it's a very okay. sort of, you know, the praxis is literally in participating in the economic system. Very, yeah, like, ironically neoliberal. Wall Street Bets. He's, like, very popular on, on that subreddit. Like, they worship yeah. him. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, like, they were, do, like, we're sticking it to the rich here. We're just the average investor or whatever. Yeah. Um, which I guess isn't revolutionary because they don't yeah. want a revolution. They expressly like capitalism. Um, well, that's the thing they don't see. They don't see someone like Elon Musk as being part of that. They see, oh, mm -hmm. he's on our side. Yeah, right. We're all kind of together doing our our meme stock buying, and we're sticking it to the bad rich people. But we were going to become the good rich people. Yeah, and I like, mean, they, they don't see how they're being manipulated as well. Yeah, like do you know that you know that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where where Jordan Belfort or whatever is like or DiCaprio is like I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not leaving. And then yeah. Yeah. they they did that, but they were like I'm not fucking selling for yeah. the for the for the stock when it was going down. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's hilarious because again, like, and they know this. The point of the scene is that he is like such a, a a depraved freak that he loves doing this shit, you know, screwing people over with stocks that he is not going to walk away. When he's clearly going to go to jail if he doesn't, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, that's awesome. That's me. That's me right now. <laughs> yeah, it's great." So it's this like sick, sick depravity related to like this is the only way that you can resist all of the bad things in the world is just fully embracing the worst elements of it, but for your own personal enjoyment. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is why it's obviously like you know. It was fun to participate in or look at, but there's no, it, there's nothing meaningful happening there, I guess. Although yeah. again, like, um, it's still an it's still an indication of the fact, like, the fact that they will not let this happen again, shows that like, it, even even though it isn't a meaningful threat to the system, it exists within it. Like, it threatens the property owning class to such a small degree. Um, and you know it's not about its stability um, that they won't let it happen. That it's it's too much of a liability. Even like you know it's it's ironic because it it's sort of in a certain sense, and and I guess uh, like for all of the or the, the couple investors that were smart and got like pretty wealthy off of this, that represents in a lot of ways 
the sort of capitalism that America was ostensibly founded on, which is like you could make it here if you're smart enough. And if you're if you're in the right place at the right time and you you know, you play your cards right and they're like, yeah. No, you will not make it. We will send you to jail if you do that. <laughs> like not even the not even that form of capitalism is acceptable. I, I it was really just I, I'm 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 just frustrated that people missed the mark. I think they could have had a conversation yeah. around how imbalanced the playing field is and this is like a democratic yeah. line people love to talk talk trot mm. out during the the elections and then never own up to it and you know they just deflect it all week and then once the time has passed they're like okay everyone we should move on to more important things this is just there's people are dying and like <laughs> okay well whatever you don't really want to do anything anyway so yeah. I, I think just the general mockery of members of congress who are like maybe we should talk about yeah, this right uh and i also think that just in congress people don't really think about it in the best ways i don't think having <laughs> this, <laughs> the founder of reddit and the the barstool guy the guy who gave all his money to barstool <laughs> uh who's running for running for governor of california on a zero taxes pro school vouchers <laughs> platform yeah. who runs a uh uh, hedge yeah. fund out of the Cayman Islands. Like, I don't think he, those are the best people to talk about this issue. That was unfortunate, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, generally speaking, this, I think it's interesting. I think it, it could be used. People just general, generally saw an unjust system at work and whether or not you believe uh, GameStop was this ultimate populist uprising, I don't believe that. But I also think that the market shouldn't come to a screeching halt to protect a hedge fund when every day people realize they can cost it to lose massive amounts of money. Mm. Um, the solution isn't blocking blocking the technology and access. The, the, the solution is preventing hedge funds from being able to make those short positions and leverage to such an extent. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. Regardless of whether what how much you you thought that moment was like imbued with some kind of revolutionary potential, it was a great opportunity to point out that you know there's there's a separate set of rules in this system for for the the people that have wealth and power already and everyone else, and the idea that it's kind of a fair play and everyone gets a gets a fair turn has never been true, and mm -hmm. that was one of these moments where this this contradiction kind of really got brought to the forefront, and I think yeah I think there was a failure to kind of like emphasize that to people. Mm. Yep. But I also wanted to say too, Jordan, because talking about the financial crisis in in two thousand eight and the reasoning for all that, and um, I mean that's a good way to tie it back to the current moment as well, because like you were describing, uh, it was the homeowners that got punished for all that because they their risky investment was was like dubbed like not worthy enough of rescuing. <laughs> Meanwhile, all these financial institutions got bailed out, and you can see how in that moment, like that was the that was the moment that the Obama administration, the whole Obama project, was kind of doomed from that moment because they kind of lost a huge chunk of people that they could have permanently brought into the fold um, mm. by supporting them, and not only like like going after the the people that caused the crisis because what you're describing too is like literally crime, like the fact that they were mm -hmm. lying about yeah. how about uh, the how trustworthy these bundles of of toxic mortgages were and getting those triple a ratings uh to insure it i mean there's there's huge amounts of like criminal fraud going on in there yeah uh, and democrats yeah. are, are responsible really for like not punishing people that were involved in that and democrats like kamala harris who had the opportunity to to uh, do that when she was ag of california and didn't um and then so now you have the a lot of the same people in now the joe biden administration forced with kind of making the same decision 
and it's like it's <laughs> history tells us like which way they're going to go on it and yeah. uh, that's that's where you kind of hope that they would have learned that lesson that they they backed the wrong horse last time and it cost them yeah i mean to an extent it's like also again learning again that like the only truly protected class in our system is like the capital owning class like the <laughs> the finance capital the people who own the most like whenever whenever something goes bankrupt they're the first to be paid out or insured it's usually the people at the bottom um that that get fucked over that was you know this is clearly and 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 obama bailing them out and then sending no one to jail is a good example of that and and this is a continuation of that of course and i think for the most like a lot like all across the world this was also the case even in the 2008 crash where it's the capital owning class that's bailed out they're the truly protected class um, from any 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 sort of crisis or emergency they're the ones that are firstly first and foremost insured yeah i mean that's it that that's my frustration with the entire mm-hmm. situation it's they did it the hedge fund did this they put themselves in this position people realized it and acted on it that's it the system should not come to a screeching halt just to protect the hedge fund like leveraging is inherently risky leveraging on a short position is insane yeah and that's yeah. what they were doing like yeah. that's it and people just completely fucking missed the mark yeah it was fun though yeah it was, it was very cool fun. to watch <laughs> and you can post the like the hand emoji and then the diamond emoji and then like the to the moon emoji and it was like <laughs> it was fun the when, it, when that happened yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the rocket ship emoji that was a good time at least you got that out of it yeah, you, you can at least enjoy it, you know, the spectacle. That's what Baudrillard, who is like a f- French Marxist philosopher, wrote a lot about this. He went to Disney World, I believe, and and he wrote about it, you know, the spectacle of Disney World. Um, and he enjoyed the rides, though. Like, when he, when he was like, I guess you could say doing research, he went to Disney World and enjoyed the rides. So you might as well do that, even if you're going to talk about it. You know, they go up and down, it's fun. Yeah. So that's the lesson of this episode. It. Enjoy the ride, folks. Enjoy the spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Liv, where can people find your Twitch stream? Uh, yes, uh, uh, on twitch.tv slash liveposting. I also do a podcast now that I'm trying to get up. It's like a philosophy podcast called Live Agar or the Live Agar podcast, sort of a rebrand from posting, you know, maybe a bit more serious, although it's, it is still about <laughs> posting. Posting is um, serious. Posting yeah. is serious business. You're right. It is praxis. <laughs> I'm, I apologize to all the posters out there who are doing very good work. That is podcasting and Twitch yes. streaming, of course, the highest forms yes. of political activism. I'm always saying this. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. We're doing praxis right now. So yeah, Live Agar <laughs> podcast. You can search Live Agar. It's available um, in like wherever podcasts are hosted and also on Patreon. Yeah. So that's it. Great. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, Liv. You're the first. I think you're the first other Canadian that's been on the show. I was oh, very happy that's, to yes. really? finally have some, have Canadian, some Canadian representation on what? here. What? Oh, week, f- okay. I'm... Sorry, this episode isn't getting published then. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. We got kind of mockery and derision that I have to deal with in this, yeah. uh, this toxic <laughs> work environment. Yeah, <laughs> we have majority now. We have the power. The Canadians oh rule. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to pass the Canadians Rule uh, Act through reconciliation. Yeah. Um, okay, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks.
Hey everyone, thank you for listening to The Insurgents. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes or Spotify or at Substack, theinsurgents.substack.com. You'll get the latest episodes delivered straight to your inbox as well as our newsletter. On Twitter, we are at InsurgentsPod. Tweet at us, harass Ken in our replies, and then send us your hate mail to theinsurgentspod at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. <laughs>